This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And in a day where we have guest hosts... I have another one for you, Mr. James Jenkins, who is the host of the Agency Freedom Podcast and the Chief Risk Officer at Riskwell. And we are joined by Mr. Dan Abrahamson and apparently coming in late entry. Nope, he's gone. In real time, maybe, maybe not. Niles Oppenheimer is going to join us, but Dan is the CEO of Cover Whale, and we are going to talk all, th- all things Cover Whale for the next foreseeable future. So, Dan, thanks so much for making time to come and talk with us, man. I appreciate it. Why don't you give everybody, before we get cranked out, why don't you give everybody a, a, just a little bit of your background story, kind of where you got how you got to where you are today and then we're going to dive in and i'm sure i'll have questions i know james will too because we're both kind of junkies for insure tech so very interested in hearing your story no i appreciate it and thanks for having me on don't know if we'll get niles back but it's always good to have a quick quick pop in uh james it's good to have you on here as well so a little bit of the background on coverwell right or maybe not to make this all about me but myself but i've got some background on the pnc carrier side of things uh Approaching about 15 years, I like to round up, uh, working for uh, PNC carriers, uh, mostly doing specialty lines of business, uh, of which trucking and transportation uh, usually makes up uh, a portion of, of that portfolio in, in most of these carriers. Um, so I've got that. That's kind of the first exposure point to some of the challenges of the industry, right? Uh, really launching Coverwell about three years ago to address some of the challenges that we see or carriers wanting to do more with, but not really having the the ability to kind of jump into. So our belief is that as an insurer or MGA or insure tech, our our stance is that an active involvement in the risk management uh, will produce better outcomes for our producers, for our insureds, uh, for our carrier partners as well that we represent. So we're taking a balanced approach to how we see ourselves interacting with some of the customers, uh, the, the truckers in our case, and the producers to get them what they need, the tools that they need to secure good rates. It's a pretty challenged environment right now uh, for them and what they're paying. So we're cognizant of the rate challenges and the ever increasing rates that some of them have kind of been through and are used to and how we can get involved to add some risk management and help them get better rates on their transportation risks. Good deal. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I'm in a very heavily risk management oriented agency. My platform is 100% total cost of risk, drive value, all of the things that we can do. I mean, the people who listen to the podcast have heard this a million times, but for your edification, you know, we're looking at middle market accounts. We have partnered with KPA is one of the solutions that we use so that we have the ability to go in and build out a risk management intranet for each one of our marquee accounts. They have the ability to track all kinds of stuff in there also do digital learning center also you know all of the static content that you would need to to put policies and procedures in place as well as have the ability to call and talk to a, a sherm designated hr person or 
an expert. And another one that we use, um, and this actually might not be a bad idea for you if you ever need external help with loss control, but we also use uh, Michael Zal's company, Yellowbird. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Michael and his company or not, but if you think Uber for loss control professionals, that's what it is. So if I've got yeah. an account and I always, I don't know why I use Boise, Idaho as the example, but I do because I don't have anybody there. But if I've got <laughs> an account that's got a, an incidental exposure and needs an ergonomic assessment in Boise, I sit in Tampa, Florida and A, I'm too far away, B, not qualified. So have the ability to go in and create a job with them and it will scan their database of, of fully vetted loss control professionals to find the best ergonomics person in the proximity of Boise to go out and do the work for me. And I pay for the job. They hold those funds in escrow. And when the work is completed, it gets sent to me. I approve it and the person gets paid. And you're getting top shelf people, man. The one thing I've learned through my career is the absolute best loss control people. And this is not a knock. There's going to be you're going to find good ones in every situation, but they're not working for agencies or carriers in most of the time. Most of the time, most of them did at one point, but they understand at this point they're far more valuable than what somebody can afford to pay them, and they go start their own company and they can charge whatever they want, work whatever hours they don't. And I, I specifically like that because I don't want to have to be beholden to. I, I, my agency doesn't have enough need for ergonomics for me to have a full-time ergo person here. It just doesn't make sense. So knowing that there's a digital marketplace where I can find those people, because I used to do, the way I used to do it was just collect cards and have a, have a Rolodex. So every time I would go on a loss control visit, the first thing that I would do would be ask that loss control person, do you work directly for the carrier or are you a third party? And if they were a third party, I'd get their card and ask them if it was a conflict of interest if I ever needed them to do a loss control visit for me. Michael has built a really cool product that makes that so much easier. So I'm interested in what kind of resources you have built out for Cover Whale because um, I'm always looking. And by the way, newly appointed agent with you guys. Uh, you're, I don't even know that awesome. I, I still haven't gotten heard the bell ring that you're ready to go in Florida yet. But um, yeah. I know it's coming, and we're you know all of our paperwork's in and everything's approved. So I always I, I'm asking for selfish reasons how I can augment what we have or collaborate with what you have because. Look, I don't think that a lot of people do a good job in our industry of of collaborating. There's always a turf war, right? Like if you have a loss control person from the carrier, the carrier always wants to protect that person and they're kind of close to the vest. And then you have an agency representative that goes in and they, you know, obviously our best interest is the client, which should be the carriers and typically is as well. But there shouldn't be a bunch of fighting. We should be able to divide and conquer our resources so that we're all operating as efficiently as we could. Because I may have different expertise in-house than the carrier does. And the carrier obviously would have different expertise than I do. But I I'm interested in what you guys built out just from from selfish perspective so I know how I'm going to be able to work with you. Yeah, no, and I kind of like the, the reference to Yellowbird. So I, I've heard the name. We're not honestly doing anything today. But I'd love to reach out to Michael. And I can kind of walk through a little bit about where that would fit into to our process overall. So, yeah, I'll, I'll make the introduction for you when we get off. Yeah, that'd be great, that'd be great. And I mean, I guess, uh, so we're not live, um, but we're announcing today to, to initial partners, right, that we are live in Florida on an admitted basis. Uh, so we'd love to talk to you and your team about, you know, walking through what your first submission looks like and we can get you in touch with uh, some of our team members to maybe help that out. But little bit of the background of, of what the product looks like, right? It's it's not your run of the mill, hey, I, I get a quote and I'm done, right? Again, we've got a pretty active involvement in, in loss control throughout the life of the policy. Uh, we continue continuously underwrite is what we call it, and that's kind of our commitment to our carriers and the insureds that buy the policy from us. So it's kind of a partnership, like you've said before, there's certain attributes that, that we can do really well, that you as the producer, retail agent do really well. Uh, that the insured do really well and that the insurer do really well, right? And we're kind of here to bring that all together into a, a comprehensive solution that is hopefully a win-win for everybody. Uh, Florida is a, a huge trucking state. Um, it can be viewed as on the carrier side, and you guys probably know it, it can be a tricky trucking state or a tricky state for liability <laughs> in general and probably ins insurance in general, quite honestly. You stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say it's not limited to trucking, Dan. It's literally anything insurance. <laughs> What, what is it? Tricky uh, is a, yeah, no? <laughs> tricky is a polite way of putting it, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, uh, Goodness, yeah, man. from from hurricanes to trucking, uh, yeah, Florida is pretty pretty challenging to write in, and I, I think it really takes some some specialized 
skill on how to approach it, right? How to get your clients coverage and, and from our side, right? How to keep the capacity flowing, right? Um, if we don't have partners that are willing to support the insured in the state, right? It's not really going to do anybody much good, right? So for us, I think that really reinforces how we build capacity and hopefully support great rates and uh, environment where rates are ever increasing seemingly. Um, and it might be, be challenged, right? A lot of carriers are, are pulling out of markets or they're reducing their exposure to trucking or transportation or commercial auto and a, a whole bunch of other things right now. Um, the, the favorite word to hear is, oh, we're pulling out a wind. I'm like, okay, isn't that everything? Like, So I do think we need to look at things a little bit differently. And, and some of our models really aim to do that. Um, and ensure that you place with us, right? We'd, we'd be clear up front that this is maybe not like an insurance policy they've had before. Uh, we have some services that we offer that can kind of, you can take it both ways, right? It can really help you improve your business, improve pricing. Um, if you work with us and are willing to be to be coached, uh, we're here to work with them on, on rates and how we can kind of be here as a long-term partner. Um, so there's this coaching element that kind of comes with it and we facilitate that in a few ways. Um, the, the most, the biggest question is on the equipment that we have uh, in the vehicles, right? So it is a dual facing AI powered dash camera. Uh, we know maybe quite honestly a year ago uh, that was a little bit different of a conversation than we're seeing today um, drivers feel that that can be invasive um, they were you know not preferring it to say the least and we are kind of glad to see some of that's changing right and it's all about how we portray the technology in the coaching program we're, we're not here to be the police officers sitting in their passenger seat right uh, we're here to be their coach uh, first and foremost so if there's activities in their driving pattern, you know, some of the easy ones like speeding, maybe hard braking, hard cornering, right? We're here to kind of serve as that reminder uh, of what that means to them and their potential to be insured, right? We've got drivers out there that if you have one major claim, like I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, you may never get insurance again in this market. So kind of getting them to think about that. It's not just getting to their end location a little bit quicker. Uh, if they want to stay in business, like loss control is for everybody. Uh, risk management is really a core piece of their their business even if they're an owner operator uh, with one truck that they drive themselves uh, it, it can be a life changer literally saving their life or someone else on the road but also impacting their ability to remain in business uh, should they have a claim and i think that's an important thing to know right having a claim shouldn't put you out of business uh, and we're here to kind of defend the insured right we have a duty to defend um, and that's what we're doing throughout this process right a lot of times studies show uh, the insured is the trucker is not at majority fault uh, in the event of the majority of accidents. So it's kind of an interesting mind shift. They typically get blamed. Their commercial policy typically pays out. But we're here to say like, within our own experience and, and that of other studies and government studies, um, it is not a black and white that it's always the trucker at fault and they should pay the claims and they should do, uh, you know, all the other programs or even penalties that might come with that. So we're really here to say we're we're an advocate. We're here to defend our drivers um, and help them operate safely. That's part of our, our program that comes with every policy that we sell. So I've seen a lot of stuff coming through the pipeline now from an insure tech perspective that is pushing more and more towards usage-based insurance. I mean, I didn't hear you say that, but it sounds like the platform's there for you to progress to that if that's not in the first iteration of what you guys are doing. Yeah, so it's a great point. Um, I think that one's something that we're doing some more research on, right? It's a little bit of a double-edged sword from what we're seeing. Some drivers want to know that they've got a rate. It's the rate for the year. They've got their payments locked in, and they kind of just want that peace of mind knowing that. Uh, they've got their, their number and they know what they're paying, right? I think there's another subset of drivers that would like to be rewarded more heavily for their safe driving. Um, and that's something that we're going to be looking at, I'd say, this year, uh, not the next month or two, uh, but looking to put together a product that kind of stands on the side, right? We should have an option for those that want to pay up front and they want another cost, uh, but we should have an option for those that want to go deep or really be more involved in their loss control and and driving kind of behavior that should reward them more so than a traditional policy so we don't want to force it on anyone i think it's kind of exploratory on our side but i, I do think for the best drivers they should have the best price on their insurance it's a it's a huge expense uh, and we know or many drivers know who they are and where they fall in that that pie right uh, typically people know if they're they're considered cautious and they want to take that on as being more responsible for the, the actual cost they pay monthly for their insurance, which can be 
impacted directly by, by some of their driving habits. Well, I would, I would love to see some data on the correlation between uh, insured lifetime value for cover whale or wh- whatever the market is and those people that voluntarily get into those telematics programs. You know, I would have to think that the ones that are, you know, more likely to be, you know, an adverse selection kind of situation are the ones that are going to be a lot more likely to say, uh-uh-uh, you're not going to see how I drive my truck. Uh, you know, the, not that they necessarily have anything to hide, but the mindset of someone who says, I'm not sharing my information uh, if it might be used against me. I'd love to see some data on that because I have to think there's probably correlation between adoption of telematics and the customer lifetime value. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a great one that we're, we're putting together now, right? We, we do need more data. We are fairly new at this. So I think some of these things evolve over, honestly, years um, of data collection. But we do believe from what we're seeing now, CoverWell has a, a safer portfolio of risk due to drivers that know what they're signing up for. And they're, they're self-selecting right off the bat that if they don't think that they're going to qualify or they're not really sure of what's going to be seen in, in the driving data, that they just don't want to show it, um, they may not be selecting it. And I, I think it's important to note too, right? That's, that's an important trade is privacy trade-off um, that I, I think it's worth talking about. I think in this day and age with um, technology, it's not often spoken about, uh, but we do realize that this is this is a, a leap for some people, right? They've never done it before. Maybe they've been operating for 10, 20 years as an owner operator uh, with just themselves providing the oversight, right? So we're asking for something from them uh, that's that's not exactly the run of the mill ask that they've ever been asked for before. So our stance is that we understand that it can be scary. Um, again, we're here to be their partner, right? We're not the removed insurance company that's just looking to ding you over and over again. But we, we do truly believe that we're a partner to these insureds. Um, and we do think that in exchange for taking that partnership on, right, over time, especially, they should be rewarded for it. As, as rates continue to increase, we'd like to see our portfolio of insureds have reduction in rate when their driving data shows that they deserve it. Um, right now, everyone's getting hit with rate increases just across the board because that's the easiest thing for most um, insurance companies to do, just simply raise rates, right? Well, yeah, across the board, that's the answer, but there's drivers in the population that don't deserve a rate increase. And these are the, the challenges that we're here to, to focus on long-term. We had Fairmatic. I don't know if you're familiar with them, came on the podcast a few months back. And I think the thing that was the most intriguing to me, having been in logistics in some capacity in my pre-insurance career, um, what I thought was really wild was that each driver had an individual rate assigned to them. So if I'm running an Amazon last mile delivery company, I can actually stack the deliveries based off of who has the better rate per mile of my driver selection. And I can have them make more deliveries, further deliveries so that they're racking up the big miles. And maybe the person who, you know, isn't necessarily a horrible driver, but the rates, you know, 30% more, we're not going to have them drive as much. I mean, I think that where we are with the ability to get data, just even from the native devices in the vehicles at this point, I mean, you're looking at every major automotive manufacturer will have embedded insurance within the next 12 to 24 months. There is, I mean, some of them already have it, but I mean, I know for a fact that it's going to be in the next 12 to 24 months and you're going to be able to go in and buy a car and your OnStar or whatever is going to integrate directly with whatever, you know, risk financing option that manufacturer has set up. And you're going to be able to just pay for your insurance based on exactly how you drive. I mean, I've, I've been privy to conversations revolving around that at a really high level. So I, I think that it's going to, you know, there's not going to be an excuse for the across the board increase is what I'm getting at. Carriers are not going to be able to use that because the really savvy people are just going to pull their money, start their own captive and control their rates based on that. And then it's going to be adverse selection. They're only going to get the people who don't have the financial strength and driving habits necessary to pull off an alternative risk financing solution. Yeah. I mean, we do agree, right? And I think our good friend Elon, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just thought that was my, my funny podcast joke, uh, right? With with Tesla, like they're already testing the waters there and they're not the first ones, right? There's been some challenges along along the way, I think, for manufacturers to, to dip their toe in the insurance pool here. But I, I think you're right on the timing, right? 
Uh, we know Volvo's got got some programs uh, to a varying degree of success, and we, we know that other manufacturers are out there thinking about this and that this is something their customers want, right? They're already buying the truck from them. Uh, it's a major expense on it in and of itself. So is insurance, right? But if they can kind of work together to get everybody the right mix and the right value, uh, pay per mile or safety miles driven, something like that, I do think that's something that's that's going to stick. Um, we do think you're right too. I think at the rate things are going, there there should be additional risk pools of a safe driving club or whatnot, which is what in a way I'd like Coverwell to be thought of as, right? It's for safe drivers and we reward you for being a safe driver. Um, this should have an impact on the industry overall, right? A lot of driving behavior is simply a choice, right? So you don't want to buy our policy, that's fine. You want to buy a, a policy from Progressive and drive the vehicle the way you want. I mean, within the confines of the law or getting caught or whatever it is, like we, we can't really stop you and we realize that, right? Um, but we, we can make it advantageous to decide that, you know, an easy one speeding, right? Like, just don't do it. Stay within the normal speed limit, right? Uh, stay slightly over, right? Like everyone knows the way this works, right? But you can't be 20 plus miles an hour over the limit uh, in your tractor trailer just as your standard operating procedure, right? Like, I don't think there's room for that. I think those types of drivers that don't really want to participate in, you know, operating professionally or safely for themselves, their families, and those on the road will find themselves priced out of the market eventually as, as programs like, like ours and others, right, come online. I well, think I it's really interesting to. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. Go. The 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 Tesla situation, I think, is is indicative of what is going to happen. They are the harbinger, you know, the first major manufacturer to to build it into the model. And there's a whole lot of dismissive sentiments uh, being shared in my circles of, oh yeah, but look at Tesla's loss ratio. It's it's horrendous right now. The you know, Tesla's insurance program is is just getting annihilated. And my response to that is simply, folks, this is version 1.0. Like we we all know how this works. It's the law of large numbers. It's big data with a capital D. And embedded, even if it's not, even if the adoption isn't very good for the first year or two or three or five, whatever, we all know that as those algorithms, as those programs collect more and more and more data, they're going to be able to rate more accurately, become more profitable, and therefore more dangerous for the retail insurer independent agent. So, you know, for all the folks that are sitting here going, oh, embedded is not really a thing. Uh, yes, it is. And it's going to become progressively more and more dangerous. And it's going to start in personal auto, obviously. Nobody's going to jump into embedding and over-the-road trucking. <laughs> That's That would be silly. Start but eventually, all, yeah. Eventually, all of this stuff is going to have an embedded option and they're going to get better every single year. Embedded is going to become more dangerous and have more market share every single year. So, I think any retail agent that's not paying close attention to that is doing so at their own detriment. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree, right? I think the, the sentiment too is nail on the head, right? For, for anyone or any insurer to sit back and say, well, like, we can laugh at, at Tesla's insurance results, right? I, I, they're not approaching this from the standard insure tech arena, right? Uh, the team over there is thinking about it. They are thinking about it long term. Uh, soon we've got Twitter re that's going to be backing them up, I'm sure, once uh, they get their hands on, <laughs> on that. Um, and I, I do think it would be a mistake to write this off or just think that there's nothing. Hey, this is happening and there's nothing we can do as the retail agent, right? I, I don't believe that that's the case, right? I think the environment's going to change and as it always does, right? Um, but a bit of a bit of a difference, a big difference between us and a lot of other insure taxes are commitment to, to our distribution channels, right? We're, we're not seeking to go direct. Um, I think there is an important place that the retail agent plays, whether or not it's an embedded product or not. Who are they going to call, right, at Tesla to talk about, you know, some of their local needs and concerns around their policy questions, servicing it? I'm sure Tesla can try to hire agents, but there's there's a feeling that we see in especially commercial trucking where the agent is really deeply ingrained in the insured. And I don't think that goes away overnight, but I do think we want to make sure we're, we're thinking about it and maybe giving agents the tools to kind of keep up and adapt uh, to some of these changes that are out there. And I, I don't know what that fully looks like. I don't think anyone here does, but I'd say it's a conversation I'd, I'd love to have. Like as embedded insurance becomes more of a, uh, a, a driver of, of how insureds are buying policies, what is the role and what's the evolving role of the retail agent in that scenario? 
I think that the agents that have provided value in addition to simply placing policies are far safer than the paper pushers. That's, I mean, yeah. I hate to say it that way, but there is a subset of our industry that all they're worried about is how are they going to get paid? When can they make their commission? Their focus is selling a policy, not solving a problem. And problem solvers never have to worry about where money's coming from, ever, because there's always problems that have to be solved. It's a matter of how you pivot and change what your value prop looks like and it may be that you have to become more heavy on the risk management side and charge fees for consulting as opposed to get commissions on insurance policies sorry it's already how my agency does business anyhow price 70 percent of my accounts are written net of commission because we charge a service fee directly to our clients because we want to be completely transparent and convert compensation but not only that we have the ability to bonus ourselves based on getting results. My absolute best engagements are those accounts that I put on a service fee that I also have the ability to have gain share based on a percentage of the total cost to risk reduction that we achieve for them. And so I'm always going to bet on myself in those situations. And that's why I'm kind of fearless when it comes to this. I don't, I don't see agencies like mine. And I don't say that because I'm beating my chest because I have this awesome agency and everybody should be like me. But we are different. We are risk management focused. We are heavily consultative and our clients come to us for that reason. If you were the person that's going to come to me and, and let's face it, there's a lot of truckers out there that are also very, very transactional. They're not going to be the ones we want to deal with. That's what progressive is for. You need to, you need to realize that we are different and we're going to give you things that we know are going to help your risk profile for both the short and the long term. And then we get paid to deliver on that promise. That's it. Period. At the end of the day. So I think that a lot of the agents out there are are scared about insure tech number one let's just say screw embedded insurance and just say insure tech in general and you know what those are the people that are still sending out the courier and ives calendars at christmas every year right they've probably a time to to stop that practice and start looking at what the next generation is going to do and how they're going to buy how they're going to be rated and all of that yeah i mean i i think that's pretty spot on. And I'd love to see quite honestly, uh, you know, more agencies trying to figure out how they can work that into uh, some of their value proposition. And, you know, not selfishly for me, I think that drives better outcomes, right? And, and our carrier partners, right? But I do think that makes their relationship all that much more sticky with with their client that looks to them as a, a valued resource and also a partner in this this whole kind of complex chain that, that does need some help navigating at times. And there are tips and tricks that you can teach them to help improve their business and drive a reduction of their, their insurance costs, which is a big part of their, their expense load. You know, I'm interested. So talk a little bit about how you're made up right now, because I think the companies that are going to ultimately be the most successful in uh, insurtech companies are really, you're not building a carrier, you're building a marketplace and you're not limiting your options, right? So I look at a company like Openly, who right now is very, very successful with their own product, but their <coughs> technology is where the real value is. And I can see them using that technology to leverage it to, I don't know, 10, 12 carriers and almost have it be similar, James, to like what Tarmica does or one of these other raiders where it's actually their own marketplace. And if you have that technology, it gives you the gateway to whoever is going to be the most competitive. I I'm interested in, the ha in how you're set up right now because I don't know enough about it. Um, are, you you know, are you limited to one carrier? Do you have multiple carriers that you're working with? Are you looking to actively expand that? Talk a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, so no, it's a great question. So we are set up, I'd say, not as a marketplace, meaning to me, I guess when I when I think that, right, you're gonna get multiple quotes back from us, right? So our model today is you get one back from one quote back from Coverwell per line of business that or coverage that you're requesting. Uh, so maybe you're you're splitting up the risk for, you know, auto liability and the cargo, but you're gonna handle the physical damage or something somewhere else, right? So regardless of that, right, we're, our model is to provide one quote back uh, per submission. Uh, but we do that with eight different carrier partners today. So part of our value add to our partners is to match the risk uh, to the right market and to deliver the strongest chance of winning back to our, our producer to present to their clients. So it's a little bit different than some of the marketplaces out there where, where you may get multiple quotes back. We understand why that's a, a benefit to uh, insurers to see multiple prices, but in a way we're trying to alleviate some of that and, and just give you the most clean cut answer that we have. Like, Here's our best match uh, based on risk, appetite, rate, right? And we're, we're kind of doing that on our end to deliver that in a, a single 
clean option back back to our producers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as we go, right, we, we are expanding carriers, right? Each of them have a different appetite or nuance. I can tell you very clearly that there's quite a few that don't want to write in the state of Florida or you hear like, I don't want to write in South Florida, right? Well, our job is to find the ones that, that do so we can provide that solution to producers that have risk in the state of Florida and South Florida and, and everywhere in the country, right? So that mission for us kind of doesn't end. Uh, we're, we're always going to be adding uh, capacity partners um, insurance company partners, or we, we do a lot on the reinsurance side uh, to kind of bring together people that want to share in the, the slice of the risk uh, based on their own appetite and what level of comfort that they have with the programs and the way in which we manage them, right, from that, that loss control uh, safety-focused mindset. Um, so I don't think that will stop. Uh, you know, do we ever need 100 carrier partners? I, I don't think so. Um, but I, I do think it, it will take a mix and there's always changing appetite and we want to stay ahead of it to make sure we've got products and, and solutions available for, for all sections of the market and in all, all geographic territories as well. I like that approach, honestly. I think, you know, what I know about the trucking stuff that we have dealt with since we launched Florida Trucking Insurance about a month ago at this point was a huge influx of leads. Thank you to my good friend, Chris Langell at local traffic marketing. I'm going to give him a plug. He is not a paid sponsor, but he might as well be for as much money as he puts in our pocket with the leads he generates. Um, but he, it, it's been a very interesting journey for the last 30 days. The trucking that I have written over the course of my career has been hairy it's been auto haulers, you know, high end auto. I wrote a high end auto hauler relatively early in my career um, and learned a ton about how you deal with all of that stuff, right? I mean, this guy had, he was one of three auto haulers nationally that was approved to haul my box for Mercedes. So, I mean, it was severe, significantly <laughs> higher end autos. But what I found is, that when these people, especially when they're looking for digital, you know, when we're getting digital leads, they're online. Number one, they only shop late Friday night to late Sunday yeah. night because they're back on yeah. the road. So if you don't have staffing on the weekends, that's kind of a problem. The other thing is you've got less than five minutes. I mean, literally, they're going to go from filling out your quote request form to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And if you're not staffed appropriately and have the right tools in place to where you're able to provide them numbers or at least some level of an indication, your ability to close that business drops significantly. And that is completely against the grain of how our agency is set up. That's not how we roll. I mean, most of the time when we're going in and dealing with middle market accounts, we're doing a full-blown baseline risk assessment up front so that we know what we're getting into. We make that a material part of the submission to the carrier so they can see loss control eyes have already been on there. We don't polish it. We don't try and paint a picture that doesn't exist. We want them to know gut level honestly. Here's what we're walking into. Track record says we're going to fix it, but I want to make sure that we're on the same page before, you know, quite honestly, I devote a bunch of my time or my agency resources to an account if we're not going to be able to get the paper to fund it. Because, you know, when, at our point of sale, that's the hook. You know, our uh, the insurance process is the funding mechanism to buy our value proposition. If we place your insurance, we can use the commissions derived or the service fee we charge to deliver on everything we talk about when we're at the in the conference room with them. But, you know, truckers, not so much, man. You know, you got these yeah. hotshot guys and, and dump truck drivers and all of this. And it's like you're squeezing just to get the VIN out of them. They don't want to give you information. They don't want to. You know, and it's like, all right, bud, seriously, it's time for us to have a, a quick conversation. But, you know, truthfully, if you think about it, they're used to bidding on loads. You know, that that's how they operate, man. They're, 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 look, they're in razor thin margins and a couple of pennies one way or the other could make or break a deal for them depending on which board they're bidding on and everything else. So it, it's been very, very interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to uh, to be able to partner with you guys, because I do feel like having the ability to streamline that process um, through your technology is going to be a game changer for us. Yeah, I mean, I think you're hitting on some key differences in, in the trucking and transportation segments that you know might be a bit different than other you know, mid-market business where, where it is more of a conversation, right? And people are willing to give you the time of day, right? This business is, is highly competitive, right? They're getting calls from a, a bunch of different producers. They're trying to win them over to their agency or you know, move them on over or just move quick through it. And I think that's part of where CoverWell can help 
our agents, right? We, we can give you an, a nearly instant indication uh, to help get the conversation started, right? I think most truckers, right, they want to hear what you can do for them and, and you have a very short window uh, to make that clear. So our, our first step in the process uh, will give you a, it's going to be a fast and loose rate based on your geographic area, um, number of vehicles, and we will give you that indication rate right away, right on the portal. Um, to really help get the conversation going with with the insured, right? And it looks something like this, like, hey, you wanted a ballpark rate? Like, here it is, right? Uh, it's assuming you're an experienced truck driver with a, a clean background, you know, pretty loss-free, right? Now, you've kind of done your first step. You've given them a little bit of that info that they were looking for up front. You should start to be building some trust at that point uh, that they're going to start giving you the background information. It's like, well, okay, like, what's that VIN of the truck? Or I, I see three trucks listed. Which one do you have now? Or has it changed, right? Um, tell me about your motor vehicle record. Now, I don't need to copy the license just yet, um, but is it clean? Do you have an accident? Do you have speeding violations, right? So I think that helps you progress that conversation. Um, and if you can start giving that, them information sooner rather than later, I, I do think that helps go a long way uh, to build trust and, and to really highlight that you, know, you do have the skills and, and the knowledge needed to like answer their questions quickly um, and get on to the next question. And as that goes, you should get them to a, a bindable rate relatively quickly. But I think when you say, hey, you want that rate, I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got a 10-page application for you. Can I email that to you and get back to me, right? It's it's an instant click. Um, they're like, well, well, what's your rate, right? Well, I don't know yet. Give me the 10, 20 pages back and I'll tell you, right? I don't think that's a way to win, win transportation or trucking business. Um, I do think you want to kind of get them some information flowing sooner, build some of that trust, and then you get the, you know, you earn the right to ask more details that give them that bindable quote. Yeah, I mean, I guess... My question would be, and I, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. I certainly don't think that we need to hold you to this number, but I, I am interested what the variance is between that initial indication and the ultimate quote in most cases. Because there's, I mean, I'm sure you guys have looked at that to see. I mean, is it a 20% difference? Is it a 40% difference? Because, I mean, I can imagine if there's too much of a variance, you're actually doing more damage than good by giving them the indication saying, oops, just kidding. Or if it is really as clean as what everything says. Let's just say that you have the, number one, I've not found a single trucker yet that's told me the truth 100% of the time. I'm going to throw that out <laughs> there. But um, let's just say that they did. Let's say that every single box that was checked was exactly what Cover Whale wants to get an indication, and you come back and say, hey, this is what it is. How how much is the actual bindable quote going to mirror what that indication looks like? Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, maybe worth backing up real quick. Like, what level of info you want to put in? Like, do you want to put in a zip code and, and get a get a starting ballpark price? It's, it's going to be pretty inaccurate, right? But sometimes the, the insured needs to hear that, like, maybe Florida, right? Like, hey, the rate starts at about 12,000. Let's let's talk about how I firm that up, right? I need to know a little bit more about you, your, your driving history, right? Uh, to get you to a bindable quote. But I'd say putting in some additional pieces of info, right? Uh, even a self-reported driver uh, motor vehicle record summary, uh, age, years, experience, uh, number of violations or, or lack thereof, if it's a, a clean motor vehicle record, uh, you will get a bindable quote. Uh, we've got some questions on, right? Like short, intermediate, and long haul. Um, but as long as the info provided is is accurate, right, that, that quote is bindable and it can be bound. Uh, we'll pull the MVR, right? It's another kind of nice value add that we do ourselves here at Coverwell now. It's pretty new. Uh, but we're pulling the motor vehicle record for, for our agents, right? It's, it's helping make sure we get that right, that rate correct upfront because like you just said, like there's nothing worse than saying like, hey, what's what's your summary or what's the account look like or what's your motor vehicle record look like? And they said, nah, I'm totally clean or that don't worry about that accident. It's clean, right? We quote them one number and then it comes back that that, you know, it wasn't clean on uh, the number changes and it doesn't matter if there's a good reason for it. Like you now have to go back to the client and explain to them why the rate changed and you're already kind of, you know, backing yourself up against a wall a little bit when you have to kind of go through and deliver that news. So our goal is to give you an accurate quote upfront as quick as we can. Um, conversationally from as little bit of information as needed, but to get to a solid number that the, the driver can bind it at and, and purchase at, um, that's about two to three minutes more, um, especially once you get, you know, you do a few submissions on our platform uh, and you can really put through information quickly um, and it will return bindable quotes to you. I, I think psychologically what I like the most from the sales process that I that I heard you say was you get the indication and say, hey, starts here, could get better, could get worse. 
How much time do you want to devote for it? I really don't need more than about five to seven minutes of your time to get the information I need to really get this thing dialed in. I think that if you start with that indication and you set the expectation that if you know it's only, it's not going to take 20 minutes on the phone, it's not going to be a, t- a 10 page application that you're probably going to be able to keep them on the phone long enough that they're already subconsciously making their decision while you're talking to them and just get the deal done. I mean, I really feel like that with this class of business for our agency, it's going to be far more transactional than what we're used to it being. I'm okay with that as long as I understand how I need to staff it and how I need to sell it because it is going to be a little bit different. What we deliver on the back end probably is not going to change very much. But, you know, there's a lot of money in um, in some of these trucking accounts, even the smaller ones, just through the volume that we have down here. I mean, we're getting probably 25 to 30 leads a week right now in trucking. Um, Thank you, Mr. Langel. That's why you got the plug, you know, but. In all seriousness, it's absolutely insane the volume that we have. I just did not realize that it was as prevalent in Florida as what it is because I feel like living here, it's a logistical nightmare to get, you know, you can't get north, south, east, and west like you can from like Cincinnati or Columbus or one of those places where you have major arteries. For me to get east to west, I've got to drive up to Atlanta to go across 20 or hit 10 across the panhandle or whatever else. And so you just don't think about like the big massive logistics companies, but inside of Florida, there's a a pocket of just, it seems like an endless number of these smaller opportunities that really, when you look at the, the size of them, they, they add up in a hurry. And that's what, that's what got me excited about it was the ability to do that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think you're, you're thinking about it right. Like, how, how do you get them the information that they need quickly? Um, how do you progress that conversation so they are, they're starting to make that decision on on their end on the phone? Like, all right, if this person can get me that number while we're on the call, like, number one, I'm pretty impressed. Um, and if it's accurate, like, uh, I'm, I'm already kind of checking the boxes mentally that I, I'm, I'm liking what I hear. Um, one of the last pieces of info or at least maybe I'll caveat that. One of the potentially last pieces I think that are interesting um, are some of our payment terms, right? So we, we've got great payment terms from our, our financing partners, right? Uh, we can do 10% down, uh, which is not typical in the, the trucking space. Uh, we can also do 11 pay. So we realize this is a huge cost uh, to most insureds, to most drivers, right? Paying for insurance. Uh, we do realize, right, cash flow is tight, margins are tight. Uh, so we realize, right, get, getting them good payment terms, down payment terms, and, you know, allowing them to stretch their payments out through the course of the year um, is something that many view as, as beneficial and it really helps them out. Um, you can change those terms, right? If you want to put 25% down, like, we're not going to stop you. Um, but it is important to know, I think, that we've got some, some options for you that are not typically... Uh, as widely available in, in the market today that that could be helpful to your, your insurance. Yeah, they're, they're not at all, man, especially with filings and everything else. You got to jump through hoops depending on who the premium yeah. finance company is. Mm-hmm. Dan, do you mind if I get us a, a little Please. bit into the weeds and ask a more tactical question? You know, sure. When, when, I, when I think about trucking, and one of the main reasons why, I mean, before we started recording, I said flatly, uh, I have actively avoided trucking. Uh, because there's some complexity that I simply don't understand. Uh, when you start talking about filings and cargo and all these things. I look at, when, when you say trucking, you know, air quotes, trucking, I see a whole lot of similarity to real estate investors as, as a category. Because at first glance, the average agent would think, oh, well, real estate investors, yeah, I can do that. You know, the uninformed, the uninitiated agent is going to think, oh, trucking. Well, I know what that is. That's the 18-wheeler. Well, there's a lot of nuance inside of that. There could be local box trucks doing uh, Best Buy deliveries. You know, there could be over the road, obviously. We all know the token trailer, the 18-wheeler thing. There's a lot of different complexity there. But when you get into the, the, the classes of business that are represented inside of trucking, um, can you talk about that a little bit, uh, of some of the complexity of uh, what you guys do, because it's a lot more than just an 18-wheeler on an interstate. Yeah, James, that's a good question. And, and it is super nuanced, right? Someone doing four higher over-the-road long-haul trucking and a you know, Class A tractor-trailer is certainly different than a box truck operation or one doing like residential deliveries, right? Uh, or even hotshot operations, right? So I, I do think that's 
it's an important nuance that we're trying to build into the platform ways to kind of streamline some of that uh, to make it easier for producers and even insureds. Uh, I think the worst thing you could do is have an application that we're not really sure how to fill out or how do I fill it out accurately to get yeah. me an accurate quote that represents what I do. I don't want to buy a policy just to be told 30 days later that it needs to be canceled because my application was inaccurate right, or something like that. So I think our job is to really make that easier. So you're getting out of us uh, the right coverage based on, on the type of class and operation. Uh, traditionally, Coverwell's bread and butter has been for hire over the road trucking, right? So typically a class seven or eight uh, vehicle. Uh, we are expanding some of the, the classes that we can write. So we do write box trucks as well. Uh, we're also expanding hotshot operations, which which we know is in, in huge demand now to kind of help support the you know, economy and the infrastructure and, and the high demand for trucking that's out there today. Uh, so some of these operations that are a bit more nuanced are really different from your traditional for hire trucking um, is something that our platform can help you with and also deliver some of that same speed and, and service that we that we're providing on the you know the more traditional for hire trucking risks today. So one of the things I think is is just incredibly important uh, is just basic education. You know that HubSpot knowledge base type of thing. Uh, I think with within the agent community that a, a lot of listeners are familiar with, uh, Chris Green is an example of someone who's put just an absolute mountain of effort into the education space. Uh, of putting out useful stuff that can help people wrap their arms around for Chris, it's flood insurance for you guys, obviously uh, like in your little uh, blurb just a second ago, uh, there's, you know, four or five different pieces of terminology that you used that I have no idea what that is. Uh, when you said class seven or eight, I'm like, I don't know what class seven and class eight are. And I'm sitting here with CPCU after my name. So the average agent there's going to be a massive knowledge gap between where they need to be to effectively be a trucking agency and where they probably are right now. How are you guys addressing uh, that knowledge base kind of concern? Yeah, it's a, it's a really great point in question. And I think like with anything in life or in insurance, right, what starts out as super complex and, and totally foreign can, can quickly kind of peel back uh, to something that that's a bit more manageable you can get your hands around so a uh, great point too on a class seven or eight right like it's the vehicle weight like class h or your extra heavy tractor trailer you'd see on i-95 going through florida right um it's it's the vehicle weight but that that's not readily apparent maybe to an agent that that doesn't have a large trucking book or maybe they've got a, a homeowner's book and they've got several clients that just happen to be truck drivers as their occupation, right? So how do we get them the tools that that they need to be able to, to help them with, with a comprehensive risk management solution for whatever their insurance needs are? I think that's a, a great question, right? Today, we're, we're more traditionally focused on uh, agencies with, with a transportation portfolio, quite honestly, um, but that is changing, right? We're, we're working on exactly what you said. How do we give education? How do we be a resource uh, to help producers that are knowledgeable of all things insurance get a little bit more uh, arms around this this type of risk that until you see it and do it a little bit, like it, it can seem uh, a little hairy in and of itself. And maybe you're unsure of where to begin and you just wind up not touching it, maybe like you said. So I think that's a great question. Like I'd love to, to put our team on the spot and maybe work with you to see what type of materials do you think would be helpful, not only uh, to your own shop, right, but to, to others out there that are in the same position that like, hey, they, they, they know insurance, they're a licensed agent, right? But how do they get a little bit more comfortable with transportation risks or insurance sure. for trucking overall? Like, I think that'd be a great side project or takeaway even to, you know, come out of the- Well, like, like Dave said it just a second ago about, the, you know, with his uh, exotic vehicles and having specific needs there, I, th I think b before we started recording, you asked me what my fear points were, like what is holding me back from getting into trucking. I, th I think the areas uh, that I find most challenging just conceptually, and I have to confess, I haven't put any real effort into understanding these. They're just existing gaps in my knowledge bank. The whole filings thing, I don't understand. I know there's state and federal uh, and there's a lot of, of complexity with making sure that the filings are handled correctly with uh, U.S. DOT and, and whatever. I know that the, the cargo side of things, just basic lines of business, I don't fully understand the different pieces. Like, 
you know, for a normal account, obviously you've got your GL and your property and Inland Marine and Work Comp and Excess and then the management lines, you know, EPL and Crime and Cyber and DNO and whatever. Like those lines of business are very clearly defined for a quote unquote normal account. I'm not entirely sure what all the lines of business are that I should even be aware of in a trucking account beyond just obviously what's the cargo. You've got physical damage, obviously, for the rig itself and then liability coverage. I'm sure there's things that I haven't even considered that are standard lines of business uh, that need to be included in any transportation program. Just as yeah, an no, example. That's that's a great point, and it's kind of a I won't go into full details here, but it's a really great point to kind of make sure we're answering some of those questions up front. Um, I will caveat some of this with like right for the the typical owner operator or smaller or non maybe middle market or non mega fleet, those needs will change a little bit, right? So we don't typically see owner operators buying you know a DNO policy or a management liability policy or things like that, whereas a larger trucking or transportation or just business in general would. Um, so mm-hmm. more focused, I'll answer this more focused on the smaller accounts or even the owner operator, right? So you nailed it with, I'd say the three key ones, right? The liability, uh, the physical damage or, you know, AKA comp and collision um, and the cargo, right? So those are the three main ones that we see most trucking operations need or contractually need to have, uh, be it the physical damage for, for their bank loan on the vehicle, right? The liability is mandated by the, the federal government and state government, uh, cargo to, to haul any load for, for any shipper. Um, there's two more lines that, that we also sell that are, are nice add-ons that are not required. Uh, not every um, insured buys them. Uh, one of them is called non-trucking liability in our case. Um, and that would be the liability. I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah. So we, we do NTL. So NTL is our trucking lingo for non-trucking liability. And we also have a, a general liability product um, for truckers as well. So both of those lines are, are fairly inexpensive. We're, we're seeing them more and more asked for by contract. Uh, some of the larger shippers are kind of just ticking the boxes on what sorts of insurance certificates they want to see now. Um, so these lines kind of help us make sure we're providing solutions for, you know, the gamut of what, you know, an owner operator even would say. Um, some things that are, are coming soon that are kind of optional as well that we're seeing more demand for would be, you know, occupational accident or like an OCAC product uh, for, for truckers and small accounts. Um, excess, not not often requested, but we're, we're seeing a little bit more of an uptick in, in excess policies on uh, smaller uh, trucking operations as well. Um, so today we've got these five lines that are, you know, instant quote available online, uh, but we will be rolling out others as well to kind of support them. And just the evolution of Cover Whale as well will be to roll out other lines that support transportation business, uh, even if it's not wheels um, related, right? If it's if it's something a trucking or, you know, commercial auto risk may need, uh, we want to be a home for it um, and kind of extend our same philosophy of, of risk management and loss control into those other lines as well. Um, I'll hit well, your I last think, one you know, too about filings just real, real quick, right? So filings are, are a service we provide, right? So we can talk more about it, but yeah, we, we would do the federal filing for, for the insured. Uh, we would do any state filings as well for the insured. It's typically seen on liability. Uh, some states have a cargo requirement as well, uh, depending on the state, depending on what the commodities might be. Um, but we, we do full service filing work. Uh, that is not on the producer to, to perform. Yeah, I think in listening to you talk, the one opportunity I think that definitely needs to be addressed, not just by you, but anybody in the trucking space, is the education piece. Now, look, this is also, there's two sides to this coin. Your educational content is only good, as good as the willingness to consume it. So agents have to be willing to actually go and participate in webinars or go read blog posts or watch videos or whatever else. I've actually taken a transportation ruble through the National Alliance a couple different times, and that's been very beneficial for me to understand a lot of what goes on. And James, as a CIC, I would recommend that you take that if you're interested, because you if nothing else, your insurance nerdiness will be fulfilled by listening to everything that they yeah. have to say because we're equally as bad about I don't I don't really talk about my technical stuff as much, but I do. I enjoy actually sitting through those. I'm one of the people who takes my continuing ed seriously and actually pays attention to it. Um, even yeah. though it may not necessarily help me at the point of sale, it certainly helps me make sure that somebody's protected correctly, which is what the ultimate expectation is. But mm-hmm. I think that if that need is not met, and if, if, if there's not something done by not necessarily the carriers, but um, companies like yours, 
at some point you run out of qualified trucking agencies. Like there's only going to be so many of them. I mean, and, and what scares me is there are a lot of people who write one-off stuff. I see it. I see it in the back channels of the internet all the time where they ask questions and it's just like, oh my Lord, it goes back to what I heard when I did that uh, transportation segment of, of um, the ruble for, for the National Alliance. The first thing the guy said is, you either write trucking or you don't. It's not something that you dabble in. You, you, know, you need to fully understand it. And that's really what kind of had me somewhat standoffish and, and we've missed a lot of opportunity. I started looking at my numbers, man, and I've refused, I've referred out several million dollars in trucking premium just because I wasn't willing to build the vertical. Well, that that's over. Like <laughs> the vertical's built, we've already got it populated and we have staff that's there to, to write it. So, um, you know, I'm comfortable with what we're doing and I'm comfortable with my knowledge, but I mean, I've got to believe that, that you know, in order for you to have a sustainable business model for the long term, you're going to have to farm some of these agents. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe uh, you're right there, right? There's there's a lot in that statement, right? You either write trucking or you don't. It is dangerous to dabble. I think it's, it's not only dangerous to us or the insurers that we represent, right? It's dangerous to the agent and, and their client, right? Uh, making sure they have an understanding of what's covered, right? There's your, your scheduled symbols, right? And things like that. Like what vehicles will or will not be covered in the event of a claim? And can I answer that confidently um, without having to guess or just hope that there's no accident for the year? Like you never want to be in that position. Uh, some of the other nuances around those those liability limits that I, I think are a bit scary at times to people, right? Uh, is it a PIP state? Is, you know, do uninsured motorists, underinsured motorists, med pay, right? How do those all work together? And, and can I explain that to my client well? Uh, to let them know like what the answer is. Hey, should I buy PIP? Like, okay, like that should be something that um, they understand if, if they're in a PIP state and, and you never want to be uh, giving off the cuff guidance if, if you're not entirely sure yourself. So I do think that educational component, like we're, we're committed to it. We're here to, to kind of push some of this forward. I think that would be a great resource to, to go deeper in, like how we give our, our agents like that, that information that they can make them answer that question. Yes, do you write trucking? Like, yes, I do. Um, and I, I think it's, it will take some work on, on both both sides, but I think that's work that we're excited to do and energized by. What have we missed, man? I mean, we've covered the gamut th at this point. I mean, geography, I know you're not in every state yet. Um, I don't expect you to list them all off, but I mean, you're you're growing pretty quickly, but I feel like controlled growth compared to some other people who do you know who, who are doing the insure tech thing right i mean a lot of people are pedal to the metal obviously you can't do that in the segment of the marketplace that you're in so you have to be careful in how you're growing and i think just being an observer on the outside looking in it seems like you've done a really good job of kind of selecting where you're going to go next so maybe just talk a little bit about that and then yeah. we'll wrap up because i know people yeah. are going to <laughs> inundate you with reaching out. Hey, can I get a contract? Can you appoint us? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, probably need to squelch some of that. So your inbox doesn't overflow immediately. No, I, I appreciate that and the opportunity to kind of go through it. So we're in about 15 States right now on a surplus lines, ENS or non-admitted basis. Uh, it's typically driven by the department of motor vehicles uh, in that state. If you can buy a surplus lines or non-admitted policy, right? Uh, so most of them are some of the larger trucking states. So that's kind of a good thing and a good option for a lot of agents that place ENS business. We're, we're an option for you there. Uh, we are rolling out admitted products. So we are live in Georgia on an admitted basis. Uh, here to say once again that we are live as of today in the state of Florida, fully admitted um, for liability. And, and we'll be rolling out additional admitted lines like uh, comp collision, cargo uh, behind that. Um, and we're I'm doing... not kidding you. You will have three <laughs> submissions from us as soon as I get off this awesome. podcast. I'm texting right now. Very good. Bring, I thought I heard up. you say that earlier, but I wasn't 100% sure that that's what I heard. But now that I heard it, it's going it, to yeah. – we're on. Florida open for business, admitted liability. Let's go. Um, and we're rolling out additional states as well, right? So we, we've got filings in with another handful of others. Uh, we have a very aggressive 50-state filing rollout uh, this year planned. Uh, we may not be live and approved by all those states, so not all 50 necessarily this year, uh, but the filings will be will be in and we'll be, wait, we'll be waiting on state regulators for approval. But in the meantime, right, most trucking states, uh, we are open for business um, on a surplus lines basis as well. Um, and that will be uh, evolving over time as we roll out more admitted products, which kind of the gold standard, uh, especially in transportation, uh, that we're excited to be delivering to our partners. 
Hey, hey, Dan. On uh, on that note, I know we're you know we're getting to the end here. So, um, real real quickly, just when you think about all of these people that are going to be uh, reaching out and saying, "Hey, I want an appointment." Uh, I get the feeling from what you've said that you guys are going to be hesitant to write an appointment for this one-off agency who's casually dabbling in trucking and may not be too familiar with some of the nuances that we've discussed here. What is your ideal prospect? Why don't you give us some some uh, characteristics of a, a, an agency, a retail agent that makes a great partner for Coverwell? Yeah, I mean, I'm here to shoot you straight and all the listeners, right? There's going to be a bit of a prioritization on our standpoint, right? While we do want to educate producers that may not have a, a single trucking risk um, on their books, that will be a bit of an evolution, right? So I, I don't want to mislead anyone and think that, hey, they're going to start tomorrow and they're going to start writing trucking on Coverwell's platform and that's going to be the entrance, right? Like, it's not going to be that quick. Um, so who is the more target audience, right? to start, right? And this will evolve over time, but to start, it's going to be uh, an agency with, with the transportation and, and trucking book. We don't have a hard and fast rule right now, but I, I'd say let's quick, easy numbers would be to look for somebody that's got probably around the million dollar uh, portfolio um, to, to start day one. Um, and again, I don't want to dissuade anybody that, you know, is listening to this, that wants to get into transportation and, and they want to get online and, and on the platform now. Uh, there's just going to be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a ramp up period. So I think as long as we're, we're kind of talking openly, like it will be better suited in the beginning uh, for producers that, that do have a book of transportation. Um, but over time, right, we'll be putting out more information, right? Um, sign up for an account. We'll keep you on the list. We'll let you know about training opportunities that we have. Uh, we'll let you know about onboarding opportunities that we have so you can join and listen to our team um, if you need to, to learn how to use the platform a little bit better or ask questions. So it'll be, it'll be a bit of a roadmap and a journey. But I'd say to start uh, more of a slam dunk, so to say, for a producer that does right trucking today. Um, and we'll be opening that up over time. You know what? I just had a really good idea in my own mind anyhow, and that is what if you had like a pre-qualification process where when you guys have the educational tools put in place that agencies accumulated points by completing different steps and when they hit a certain point threshold, then you could consider them for an appointment or at least put them on a waiting list at that point so that at least you know they've been through what you want them to know. They've tested on it to make sure that they actually pass that. I mean, learning management systems are not that difficult to build. I've built one myself, so I, I can say that unequivocally. But, you know, I think that that might not be a bad move because anybody can say, you know, they can fudge it for the short term. But I think that almost like a cover whale university or something like that would, yeah, would be really, really cool. Um, my last question is, what don't you want? Like when you're looking at classes of business, what is it that you're not interested in writing? Yeah. So, so today we're, we really don't have a, again, shooting everybody straight, right? We don't have a solid uh, option to, and therefore we don't do it uh, for some of the more specialty or specialty lines or classes like, uh, you know, refuse and garbage haulers, right? Uh, we're not a market today for, for some stuff like that. Well, well, I'd love to be a market for uh, exotic cars and things like that, but we're, we're also not today. Uh, so we don't have an auto haulers program um, in Florida, maybe not so much of an issue, but you know things like logging and some of these specialty lines uh, all, also not a good fit today. Um, sand and gravel? Sand and gravel is the, the next favorite question. Uh, and no, not not today. Um, but as we build the book, these are these are classes and we've kind of evolved the book in this fashion already, right? We're able to expand into other classes and we'll let everybody know when new classes come online. Uh, but today it's, it's you know, over the road for higher trucking is number one. Uh, we've got box truck capability. So, you know, moving down or lighter vehicles. Uh, we've got hotshot capability coming online. Uh, those are really good fits uh, for our appetite, right? Uh, fast rates, uh, fast quotes, bindable quotes based on ac accurate information entered for that quote. Right, that's that's kind of our promise. We're trying to deliver there rather than having a specialty program for you know every niche that's out there. Good deal. So we've been going an hour, over an hour. It's time to wrap up. I want to be very respectful of your time. I really appreciate you coming on and expanding on what you guys do. It's certainly been educational for me, um, and I'm sure that, that James would agree with that. Is there anything yep. that we've left out that you want to get out before we, we stop the recording? No, I mean, I want to thank everybody for listening, number one. Uh, it's great to be on. 
really, really humbled for the invite. I want to reach out to Niles on our team and, and thank him for setting that up in the intro. Uh, but yeah, to producers that, that want to learn more about CoverWell, we, we suggest you reach out. CoverWell.com. You can click sign up. Uh, you'll be in the queue, so to say, so we can get the right people on our team to reach out to you and, and get you onboarded. Awesome, James. Any parting comments? This is your chance to do a shameless plug for yourself and your podcast, too, if you want. Come on, James. No, man. I, I think I think at this point, uh, the, there's some crossover with the audience, but the folks that are really just digging what you do here are way beyond a lot of what we talk about on Agency Freedom. But uh, if you're one of the people that cannot get enough insurance podcasting in your life, feel free to check us out uh, at uh, simply, you know, search in Agency Freedom on any podcast platform. We're on there. Well, I can tell you, I listen to it, so I don't know. Like, there's nobody more qualified on my podcast than me, you know. Well, there you to, go. To, to go listen. I think to you're it, so. you're using it more as the entertainment value, or maybe nah. just uh, putting you to sleep. Uh, if you're laying in bed and having a hard time falling asleep, I I've been told I have that effect on some people. So who knows? Truth, truthfully speaking, I think it would help any agency that's looking to recruit if they listen to your podcast because it allows them to get into the psychology of the captive that we may not understand. So there's much more value there than you realize yeah. or give yourself well, credit for. <laughs> you know what they say about letting other people say nice things about you instead of saying them yourselves. Uh, Dan, I got to say, I, I think uh, your response to the education question uh, is is telling about you know where some of the opportunities are for you guys. Obviously, you're an extremely high growth company, so... I'm not surprised that there isn't really a, a knowledge bank uh, that's fully formed yet. For somebody like myself that has uh, a, a very high uh, acumen on the basics uh, of commercial insurance, I think that's a great opportunity uh, for me personally. I mean, I'm going to put my name in the hat and say, yeah, when, when the time comes and I don't have a trucking or transportation book, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that you know, when the opportunity presents itself, they'd like to be able to do something with that risk instead of referring it to, you know, Joe Campert or Francis Nunez or uh, Cameron Pichy or, you know, I've referred lots of accounts to all three of those people in the last few years. And, you know, I don't have a few million dollars like Dave does uh, in, in referred business, but I imagine there's a lot of agents out there that refer transportation instead of trying to take a swing at it simply because they don't understand it. Uh, I, I think, you know, a year or two from now, you might find a lot of those agents are finding success on CoverWheel's platform, it sounds like. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that's a great takeaway. Um, I, I think that's something that, that our, our Niles will be really excited to take on his plate. No, I'm, I'm half joking, but I, I do think that's a really great opportunity. Um, and, and stay tuned. I think uh, everyone should be expecting to see more from CoverWheel on the educational front. Uh, looking forward to it. Anything I can do to help, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to do whatever I can to help you guys further that mission. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.